You're listening to Sunset Radio, the Sailor's Radio Station. Hey there, guys, and welcome to the first episode of Adventures of a Sailor Girl. It's April 2014, and it might be a bit chilly, but we're going to be living vicariously through an ocean racer, an Olympic racer, and getting the latest updates on everything that's happening in Australian university sailing. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. This is Adventures of a Sailor Girl, Nick Douglas. So happy to have you all with me for my first broadcast and the first broadcast for Sunset Radio. It's a very, very exciting moment. There's been a lot of planning uh, on behind the scenes and I can't wait for you to be able to experience some of the adventures that some of our fantastic sailors are able to experience on a daily basis. Uh, in case you uh, haven't seen the multitudes of so social media happening this evening, you can find me on Facebook. Just look for Adventures of a Sailor Girl. This evening we're going to be lucky enough to catch up with Nina Curtis, who won a silver medal in match racing at the last Olympic Games. She'll be coming straight to us from the European Training Centre, so can't wait to catch up with her. Tate Fortier, one of my friends from the South Coast, he's only 18, but he's always out there. He even went sailing today, which is quite something to be uh, proud of. It was very windy, if you, if you didn't notice, and I can't wait to hear about everything that's happening at home. AJ Rao will be catching up with us on everything that's happening in university sport. So much happening in university sport, especially in sailing in Australia. But next up, we will be catching up with Shanganaria, who's just been successful with the Team Victoire. They took out the Lord Howe Island race, so I can't wait to catch up with him. Now, the biggest story in sailing this week was, of course, uh, Princess Kate and Crown Prince William heading out with Emirates Team New Zealand to do a bit of America's Cup racing. It made me have massive, massive America's Cup withdrawals. I'm sure a lot of you did watch on. You've tuned into Sunset Radio. This is Adventures of a Sailor Girl, Nick Douglas, and I've managed to catch Shane Ganaria, who's the owner of McDermott Sales and Rigging, and also the helmsman of Victoire, which just ma managed to win the Lord Howe Island race. Congratulations, Shane. Thanks, Nick. No worries at all. Great to have you on the show. Firstly, how was uh, the Lord Howe Island race? No, oh, it was fast and it was wet, and um, <laughs> it was wet from the sky and wet from the ocean. Really, we had uh, torrential rain for periods, and uh, and also you know plenty of water coming over the deck with the conditions that we had. Um, uh, you know, led to some pretty fast sailing. So. Uh, yeah, very wet was probably the, the simplest way to sum it up. From all reports, it was a very intense race too, very tight between the, the top bunch, about four of you, I think, from memory? Yeah, so it was sort of, um, I guess, uh, two different fleets. Obviously, you had the 70-footer, which one line honours, mm -hmm. um, but even, you know, 300 miles into the race, we found ourselves still closer to the finish than them because they chose a more northerly route, which uh, had lighter winds. Uh, and when we'd been in the south and we had another 50-footer or 52-footer called Frantic with us and uh, for a large percentage of the race, us and Frantic, we were within uh, eyesight of each other and awesome. um, <laughs> uh, swapped the lead in between us a couple of times and when the breeze really started to kick hard, we um, we finally drew away from it. I think that makes for a better race for sure. Yeah, it does. Like uh, Lord, Howe, Lord Howe Island race is an interesting one where, you know, after the first three hours of racing, you don't actually see land until you get to Lord Howe, and of course we're finishing in the dark, so uh, even at that stage we didn't really see Lord Howe until we just about hit it. Amazing. And uh, so yeah, having another boat in the same piece of ocean, I've done the race a couple of times and haven't seen boats, you know, from the first afternoon until we finished 400 miles later, so wow. it was a, a different Lord Howe, and um, 
and um, yeah, quite a probably my favourite one so far. Your favourite one, excellent. So it is 400 nautical miles, and you do finish at Lord Howe. Yeah, the finish line is actually set uh, right off the lagoon, so. It was one of the most exciting finishes we've had to a race where we came in doing between 20 and 23 knots of boat speed. Wow. It was a pretty big, big seaway. And uh, once we crossed the finish line, we actually had to do a jive out and get out of um, get out of there because we only had about 200 metres of runway before uh, we came up on the reef. The last um, you know the last uh, couple of miles was spent sort of planning our not so much planning the finish, but planning what we had to do to get out of there after the finish because uh, you know it was 25 knots, it was pitch black, pouring down rain, and uh, um, there are obviously concerns about you know get, finishing the boat correctly and getting it out safely afterwards. Far out. That, that is really intense. And I've spoken to you before and you've said that um, one of the frustrating things about ocean racing for you is that you often go to a place and then turn around and come back again. I mean, you go around a mark and then come back and finish at Sydney. Is, it, is the Lord Howe nice in, in the way that you actually get to finish at the destination? Yeah, it is. So Lord Howe Island as, a, um, as an actual venue is probably one of the nicest places in Australia and they uh, really... A hidden gem. A lot of people don't uh, don't really know just how special it is out there. But mm. um, as far as a race goes, it, it has its you know difficulties as a destination. So we finished at about two o'clock in the morning, but you're not actually allowed into the uh, lagoon until sunup. So we oh. spent the next four and a half, five hours motoring around behind the island trying to get a bit of shelter um, yeah. until we could actually um, get inside the lagoon and get off the uh, get off the boat and. Um, um, and enjoy the uh, enjoy the place. Yeah, for sure. That that's a bit intense. But now, speaking of other races that have a, a definite destination endpoint, the Sydney to Hobart this year, you sailed with Victoria as well, and you did take out uh, the the Tattersalls Cup, which is the coveted overall result, of course, for the Sydney to Hobart. For those who follow the race on handicap, it's a fantastic life achievement, no doubt. How was it for you experiencing that? Yeah. Um Look to us um, uh, that you know do people do a lot of ocean racing and just sailing in general. I think the Tattersalls Cup is probably one of the most coveted trophies in uh, in the sport of sailing in Australia. So just to be part of a crew that had won, and a lot of us were first timers. I think we had two people on board that had won it before, mm. uh, but for the rest of us, 11 on board, it was uh, or just 13 on board, but the other 11 on board, it was a first time uh, victory for us. And our sailing master Sean Kirkjean has done. I think 17 of, of the races, and he's finished every place in the top 10 nearly mm. twice. We hadn't got a win, so that just goes to show how hard that race is is to actually take out. Um, you know, he's, he's sailed on boats like Ragamuffin, um, um, the 97, you know, a lot of really good top-level boats, the Yendi's programs, and that, and um, and that you know victory for him and our main sheet hand, uh, who had travelled with him a lot, had just eluded him. So. There's a lot of relief for a lot of people to finally take it out. Last year, I think, was my ninth Hobart. Yeah. And uh, I think, um, you know, I got a couple of places top ten before, but never really that close to winning it. And uh, this year, really, it sort of, um, you know, ticks the box. And uh, for me, ocean racing probably isn't my greatest passion compared mm. to sailing and, and things like that. So it really does uh, tick a box that I, you know, probably don't have to go back again <laughs> next year because it's... It's an obsession, really, for people to get into it. It, it really is. And, um, and some so. people never even make it to Hobart. I mean, you're talking about winning it as a challenge. A lot of people just want to finish that race because it's such a challenge. So, I mean, all, all hats off to you and congratulations so many times. But from what I've heard, the, the Victoire crew is very tight and, and you really enjoy sailing together. What is it like being a part of that crew? Yeah, look, it's, um, it's been an interesting program because we, we started off with... You know, many of the same people that um, came off the old Victoire to Benito 45, but mm. 
the boat, at, you know, being a Canton keel boat that you know runs powered winches and um, is a much higher performing boat, we really did need some key personnel in certain areas. So we uh, we did bring in a few extra guys from Adelaide and another driver from Melbourne for the race south this year and. Um, and this year we had a, a few new guys going to Lord Howe as well um, to, um, you know, complete the crew. But uh, there's a core group of guys that, you know, obviously include Daryl and the owner, who's very, um, very hands-on and very much a part of the uh, what goes on in the decision-making processes on the boats. That's good. Um, and Sean Kirkjean is sailing master. I think he's been, um, those two have been together now for probably six years. Um, Danny McConville, who runs the boat, you know, they're all... Old mates, they go back a long way. So I guess for me, I'm I'm one of the sort of new guys on board, yeah. along with a couple of others. Um, but you know, we still had um, uh, friendships going back a long time, but we just haven't campaigned together. So that's it's a well-run boat, and uh, you know when you're going to go sailing, you generally always have a pretty good crew on board, and um, you know you don't have to uh, you don't have to, too many concerns about other areas, and you just be able to you know get on board and focus on your own job. On that, the boat. That's fantastic and that definitely makes it more enjoyable, especially with ocean racing, which is very challenging and a lot of hours spent on the wire. Now you did mention that it's not necessarily your first passion, uh, dinghies are, are perhaps your, your other passion, but then your business also, you've, you've just uh, taken over running McDiamond sales and now rigging, which is fantastic to hear because I know that rigging has been one of your passions for a long time as well. Yeah, look, when uh, in the term rigging, it's not um, as if I get into a lot of the big boat rigging, yeah. you know, pulling masts out and doing rigging and, and doing all that sort of stuff. There's specialist guys already that do a damn good job in that area. But leading up to, so I bought the business in November last year. First yep. of November was uh, the first official day, which was right in the middle of the busy season. So Exciting. there was plenty going on. <laughs> uh, but leading up to that, as an aside to my full-time job, I always, um, as a sail maker, I always potted around in fixing people's dinghies for them, you know, rigging out new masts, doing refits, putting new systems in boats. Um, and uh, and that was quite a good um, little side business. There's, there's no one really around Australia that specialises in that sort of stuff. So yeah, for sure. I took out the sail making side of it. I combined the two businesses, changed the name from McDiamond Sales to just McDiamond Sales and Rigging. And, um, you know, it's proven to still be quite a good part of um, the business in, in terms of, you know, being able to offer a one-stop shop for a lot of people. So... Classes like a mirror class, they don't actually have a lot of factory support, um, you know, like a laser where you can just go in there any number of agents and buy a part. Yeah. The mirror guys, you know, they need masks, sails, so they can come into my place, they can pull a mast off the shelf, pull a boom off the shelf and a spinnaker pole and go and plug it straight into their existing boats with a new set of sails and, um, and off they go. That's just awesome, isn't it? And it's, and it's great to see that you get to keep living your passion as well. And a bit of variety never hurt anybody. But congratulations so much on, uh, on the Lord Howe and the Hobart. Two fantastic achievements already this year. I'm not sure how you're going to top that. But no doubt that you will find a way. And uh, good luck with your dinghy sailing over Easter as well. I know you'll be jumping in the taser with a new crew. So that will be fantastic to see. <laughs> well, thanks, Nick. The only way to top it's going to be knocking you off next week. So uh, we'll do it. <laughs> Given that we haven't been in the boat, there's a good chance of that, but I can't wait to race against you. It's going to be fantastic as always. <laughs> Thank you so as much. As always. As always. Thanks, you Thank you. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome to catch up with Shane Ganaria there, who uh, did take out the Lord Howe and the Sydney to Hobart this year. Just insane. I can't believe how much he's achieved this year. And uh, yeah, and, and he did mention there that we'll be competing against each other next weekend. I'll be lucky enough to get out on the water to sail the New South Wales 
state titles for the Taser class. Uh, Shane and I did come one, two last year. We were equal first, and he got us on a count back. So I can't wait to to bring it on next week, that's for sure. You're here with Sunset Radio. This is Nick Douglas, Adventures of a Sailor Girl, and we've managed to catch Nina Curtis, our Olympic silver medalist, all the way from the European Training Centre in Italy. Nina, how are you? I'm good. I'm just having my morning coffee, looking out over the lake. Life's pretty good at the moment. Oh, I'm so <laughs> jealous. I love it over there. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's really lovely. So what are you up to at the moment? Um, for those who don't know, the, the AIS Training Centre is in this beautiful little town called Veraci, and it's just lovely. <laughs> yeah, we're just here. We finished, just wrapped up Palma um, about five days ago. And here starts in about two weeks' time, so it gives just enough opportunity to get all, put the boats away for, I, I chose five days, and come out here and just focus on getting the body back into order, doing a little bit of training, gathering all the data, and it's just a really beautiful place to, to get all of that stuff done. So today I'm actually back on a plane and heading to Hyers for the um, second regatta of our little European trip at the moment. Life is tough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people, people don't realise actually how tough it is. I'm sure you've had a gruelling fitness regime while you've been there, no doubt. But you mentioned Palmer and congratulations so much on getting bronze there with your skipper Darren uh, Vondok in the NACRA. Yeah, we were... So pleased with that result, you know, we're still a very raw team um, it, it, considering everyone's been, you know, as a combination for a, a year to almost two years now. So this will, I think that marked our, yeah, that was, would be our third regatta together. So still like really fresh and, and we feel like we're not even scratching the surface with our ability. So we've got a list a mile long to yeah. get through after Palmer. <laughs> so it's exciting. Yeah, oh. we found the result very exciting. I, I can't believe that you've only done three regattas together. It feels like you've been together forever. <laughs> yeah, well, we've had some pretty good results. Like we started um, in Melbourne and where we... Um, it was a small miracle, but we won that regatta. <laughs> but awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then we went to Miami earlier this year in January. And, oh, you know, we came fifth or sixth. I, I couldn't tell you. You're just off we, the podium, we were, I think. Yeah. yeah. But pushing it all in, the way. Yeah. And then Palmer, like Palmer was such a challenging regatta because we had so many conditions. I'm sure, sure you heard from some of the press releases, but the sailors were all just going, we've never had this kind of um, variability in conditions. We had like a day of 30 knot survival with swell and, you know, and then we had drifting days as well. So it was really good because it highlighted, um, you know, where to work on in, in so many different conditions. It was a very unique opportunity. We're very glad we didn't miss it, that's for sure. Oh, unbelievable. I did see a video of the NACRAs on the course and just unbelievable cartwheels and it just looked like staying <laughs> upright was the thing to do. But then I heard that the windsurfers on their course, they had no wind on the same day. Which is yeah, we had some weird geographical, like, things going on our weatherman Bruce was right on top of it but yeah it just didn't reach down to the bottom of the bay it was unbelievable very strange yeah. <laughs> so for those who may not know a little bit of history about 
you're sailing now. You're sailing on the NACRA with Darren. And you've said you've only done three regattas together, but you're both definitely not scarce on talent. Uh, you know, maybe give the listeners a little bit of an idea of where you came from and, and what's brought you to the NACRA. Yeah, well, obviously I, um, you know, grew up on pit water in Sydney and went through all the, the dinghy route there on the Manly Juniors Flying 11s 29ers. But I started match racing when I was 15, so I've actually been out of dinghies and fast boats for like almost, it was like nine years almost, which is a pretty big chunk of time. So, you know, once London wrapped up, um, I knew it was going to be a huge challenge transitioning into another class and I had my eye on either the 49er or the NACRA. Mm. And, and you, did do, you did do both for a little while there, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I spent a year doing both because I didn't feel like I had enough um, information to make the choice before yeah. spending um, like a very, like just the Australian summer in the both boats. So yeah, last year I packed up and took on a like a double campaign and uh, I mean, that was a huge undertaking. It was a really big year for me, but I think I wouldn't have um, changed one aspect of it if if I did it again because it was such a steep learning curve that um, everything seems a little bit easier now, you know, just on one boat and having to learn to learn one trade. But the NACA really stole my heart and, and also yeah, later in, um, or earlier this year, I got the, or last year, sorry, late last year, I got the opportunity to um, do some sailing with Bundy and I mean that's something that I don't think anyone could, an opportunity like that you just can't pass up so. I, I know, and, I was, was going to say. And he kept me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable, I mean I, I, I was going to say that it, it, obviously last year wasn't a waste of time because everything's worked out the way that it should be, it's almost like it was meant to be, that you're meant to try the two different two, so that, you know, the two different classes so you're ready to go when, when Bundy was also ready to put together another campaign. A lot of people didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it, everything fell into place, so I, I think I was very lucky. <laughs> very lucky indeed. Now, for those who may not know Bundy, who's your skipper, he won a silver in the tornado at the Beijing Olympics, but he also won a medal uh, previously, I think, as well. The only medal that we won at the Athens Games, if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah. I think he won bronze there as well, but as a crew. So he's got quite a bit of history in Olympic sailing as well. Yeah, he's um, one of the, I think, biggest multi-hole tal talents to come out of Australia. And if you combine that with um, him spending a big stint with Oracle yeah. in the last America's Cup cycle. He just has um, one of those innate, you know, multi-hole knowledges. He he's sailed most boats. He uh, he understands the boats inside out. And um, he, yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to sail with him. He's so very talented. You probably can't pinpoint it, but what's been the biggest thing that you've learnt since sailing with Bundy? Just one thing that comes to mind when I, when I say that. <laughs> um, I, you know, like let's, yeah, out of Palmer especially, the best, the best thing I learned from him is that no matter what circumstance we're under, or the pressure, or the result, or the race, or the wind condition, that the tempo stays exactly the same, the talk stays the same, and, and we have a very, um, a quiet, a very quiet boat, and um, it's just 
something like it's a rock solid thing so for me a little bit more inexperience it's just nice to know that that will always be there no matter what condition and it's it's a good like consistent and I think that works very I think that's proven very well over the years. Anybody who knows you knows how incredibly disciplined you are but also how talented you are so I think that you're only going to excel in that environment. Yeah yeah hopefully it's given me a solid framework and um, like a good base so uh, yeah I mean we're obviously still working out our dynamic and um, I don't, we don't know what it looks like yet but it, yeah it's exciting we're very excited. So exciting and now so you're saying that you're jetting off to Hiers when does that kick off? Oh I I'm think. testing your memory. <laughs> yeah it's about it's a week a week and a half away so just got enough time to set up the boat and do a bit of a week's training and then the regatta kicks off. It, we, we wrap up on the 27th, that's the date I'm sure of. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know when it all wraps up and you know when you get to have another little rest again. Yeah. <laughs> so will you be coming back to the training centre or are you coming home for a little break in between or what's next for I, you after here? I am. Yeah, I'm coming back here. I've only just decided, but I'm coming back here for a small block. The other NACRA, Australian NACRA teams are going into Garda, but we don't, we can't actually do that. We've got a clash. Obviously, Bundy's partner, Carolyn, is doing the female SCA Volvo race. Yeah, amazing. And <laughs> yeah, so sometimes it's, I think it's a little bit of a juggle for that superpower couple yeah. <laughs> to manage both sailing careers. So we um, unfortunately miss Garda, so I'm going to use that time to really knuckle down and um, get some physical work in the gym done. So, And then we're off to Delta Lloyd, so that's our third regatta before our big time off and then we start ramping up into Rio and the world's in Santander later in September this year. Gosh, just sounds incredible. You, you, just touched, <laughs> you just touched on fitness. When I met you, you were the fittest person I knew in sailing, let's say. <laughs> how, how has your fitness progressed over the time? I mean, I met you before you even went into Olympic sailing. How has that changed and progressed since you uh, got involved with with the Australian sailing team? Yeah, you know, you start, I obviously started with quite a high base through like all the sport that I played as a kid, but then it was, uh, I know you, you could tell everyone too, Nick, it's a shock to the system when you come into a team such as the sailing team and, um, you know, they're quite advanced in their, in their training and programming and all the rest of it and the gym stuff. So, and then I, I feel like it's been a whole new transition again, going from hiking to trapezing and, um, changing, um, my body weight quite a lot and then yeah. I feel like I'm learning to walk again in, in, <laughs> in the gym so I'm starting again yeah. so it, it's good it's a great challenge and there's the physical demands are so different boat to boat so yeah I'm getting there. <laughs> Amazing now you talk about that change in in body weight I'm, I'm quickly going to re recall a few stories when we used to sail on the watchicks and we'd be like okay what weight are we going to be this regard are we 63 are we 68 are we what are we doing now what I'm guessing that you've had to drop weight. What are you aiming for for the NACRA? So how much have you had to change your mass? Yeah, well, it's um, like with the match racing, for me, it was always a fight to get up to the weight. You know, by the Olympics, yeah. we were trying to hold on to 68 kilos, which is... Uh, it was a everyday fight for me <laughs> to try to keep that weight on. I so know. <laughs> now, now in the NACRA, um, you know, the, the teams are getting lighter, 
But right now, um, Bundy and I, with our body weight, we're, we're in the ballpark. So cool. we're not so much focusing about um, changing that until we... I think we're focusing on things that are like a little bit more important before we start altering our body weight. And we'll just take one thing at a time. But I'm man, the Europe. The European teams, they're getting light really quickly, mm. you know, and, and it's going to be one of those classes where um, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be a little flyweight class. I can see it down the road. Yeah, I think it's going to happen, especially with the conditions that are predicted for the Rio Games uh, being quite exactly. light. Yeah, but I, I, I'm guessing that, well, I think that your approach is, is spot on for now, and I'm, I don't mean to patronise you and Bundy by any means, but <laughs> I think um, boat, boat handling and, and strategy and your communication is probably the focus right now. Yeah, that's that's what we've got our eye on at the moment, and then that kind of stuff comes as well when you're doing um, high low. The the boat is a handful, you know, and yeah. the mixed with the mixed crews, a lot of the guys are cr- doing the same um, physical role as me in the in the crewing, you know, and that's a something. Oh, oh, the three um, Australian or top Australian teams at the moment are, all have female crews, so it's something that we're um, looking into at the moment, and if we're going to be strong enough, you know, and how to get as quick as hoist as the boys without, you know, obviously being that, you know, that 10 kilos heavier that they are. So, yeah. you know, we're working through it. It's a challenge. We're going to have to be like little super thick kids. <laughs> well, if anyone can do it, you can. I, I Just recalling back to before we entered the Australian sailing team and well, just when we went to our first camp and everybody had to do a chin-up. I say a chin-up because none of us could do any and you were the first one to do one. So, you know, I'm sure that you're a lot <laughs> Thinner than you were then, so if anyone can do it, you can. <laughs> oh, thanks, Nick. That's lovely. No worries. Thank you um, so much for joining me. Hopefully, we'll be able to catch up with you soon. But it's so good to have you on my first show. That's for sure. Oh, you're such a special I friend. Feel so. honoured. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> Thank fantastic. You so much. No, no, it's beautiful, and, and you're a fellow sailor girl, so I'm close to my heart. <laughs> but um, anytime, Nick, I'll give you the European. I can be European correspondent. Yes, I love that. We'll have to call you in more often. This is good. <laughs> awesome. Good luck to you and Bundy, and I can't wait to see how you go at years. Thanks, Nick. You're here with Sunset Radio. This is Nick Douglas, Adventures of a Sailor Girl, and I've managed to get on the line Mr. Tate Fortier. He is my roving reporter from back in Jervis Bay, my home sailing club. I never get to get down there, so I've got to get frequent updates. Tate, how are you going? I'm going well. Thanks very much, Nicole. Fantastic. What have you been up to? Um, oh, a bit of everything lately. Yeah, a bit of Hobie cat sailing, a bit of mono sailing, a bit of kiteboarding, you know. So you have to, you have to tell me, how is the bay looking? As gorgeous as ever? Uh, not quite, no. It's quite <laughs> blowy and blustery and a lot of swell. So. We've had no, that, not... that southerly stream coming through, so I'm sure it doesn't look as gorgeous as, as it usually does. No. For those who may not know, Jervis Bay is a marine national park. It's about two and a half hours south of Sydney, and it's quite possibly the, the biggest open expanse of water that we have uh, within a, a short distance of, of Sydney anyway. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's stunning most of the time, just not at the moment. Not at the moment. We're a bit biased. But, um, but you are going to head out there shortly, I, I hear. I am, yeah. yeah. Um, take the Hobie 16 out for a bit of fun in this big swell and um, see how that ends. You, you better bring me some footage, Mr. Tate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Hopefully, you know, it's been around the front this time, but you know, 
We'll see what happens. Now, you've been, on the, you've been loving the cat action recently. I know that you did come up through lasers and you've experimented with a lot of different classes. What is it about the Hobie that you're loving? I've had Nina Curtis on the line earlier in the show and she's loving the cats as well. It seems to be a bit of a craze at the moment. Yeah, well, they're just so fast and fun. Like, um, I don't know, yeah, it's just an adrenaline buzz pretty well every time you go. So. Yeah. That's, and there's like excellent fleet racing as well. The Hobie 16s especially, there's so many of them. Like, lots, lots and lots of good sailors sail them, so I guess you've got to go where the competition is. Exactly. Now, how, how old are you, Tate? I'm 18 at the moment. 18 yes. now. So what, this is about the, the stage of life where people decide whether to stick with sailing or whether to have a little bit of a rest. Or What are you thinking? What, what are you wanting to do? Uh, at the moment, I want as much sailing as possible. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's um, so much fun, especially having the variety, like Jervis Bay Sailing Club sails on a Saturday. Yeah. So I can see the lasers and one holes on the Saturday, and then Sunday is cat day. So there you go. Speed freak day. A bit of everything. Now, I remember when I used to sail at Jervis Bay, you used to pull your laser down the road. You'd have it on your trolley and you'd pull it down the road instead of driving. I was always yeah. envious of that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's much much easier walking. Well, it's a lot more effort, but you, know, you don't have to find the car spots and everything. So. And all of that. And you don't have to get the boat up on the trailer. But, um, yeah, that's true. It's yeah. amazing what you could do at these country clubs, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's the best. It's, it's not all about uh, the, the youth squads necessarily. I mean, I, I grew up in the country, didn't come through a youth squad, but there's still so much that you can achieve in the sport of sailing. I think that's what makes it attractive to so many people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Indeed. So with the Hobies, you did do the Hobie Worlds, which were at Jervis Bay recently? Yeah, yeah um, February, well, beginning of February. Yeah. And how many boats did they get for that regatta? Uh, well... Hobie Cat actually supply all of the boats for that, so there was only 50 boats made, but it was a round-robin event, so um, in the youths we didn't have to, there was only 30 boats allowed, that was limited to 30 boats, but the opens I think there was around 200 teams. Wow, yeah. that's amazing, and they, they do quite a good deal, don't they, the Hobies, they, you pay they your do. entry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So your entry fee gets you your boat hire and an insurance policy for it and um, entry to all the functions because there is a lot of functions. <laughs> so, so much fun, the Hobie, Hobie group. So, um, yeah, so it gets you a lot of things. That's amazing. I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, I know. I missed out. <laughs> I know I did miss out. My, um, my sister's wedding, unfortunately, crashed with it, and that was a little bit more important. But I would like to do a Hobie <laughs> event in the future. Yeah, well, I think the next one's looking like it's in France, so... Oh. Fun. Well, that, that could work. Well, actually, my sister's moving to Paris. Maybe I could oh, just... Excellent. Slot <laughs> it in there. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, it's great to catch up with you. Hopefully, we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you for being my uh, South Coast roving reporter. And um, enjoy your sail today. No worries. Thank you. Hold on. I'm back. <laughs> Awesome. Catch you soon. All right. I, um, I do have a little update from Tate's sale today. Uh, I, I did do that interview a little bit earlier with him, and unfortunately they decided it was too windy to go sailing, so I don't have any pictures from his GoPro. They did inside, instead decide to go uh, kite surfing, 
and um, his friend Simon actually ended up with a broken fibula and they've spent the entire evening in the emergency room at Nara Hospital. So I guess um, when you're living vicariously through some of my adventures, uh, you may have to take the good with the bad, but uh, a, a little shout out to Simon. I hope you get better soon and, and thank you so much, Tate, for calling in. And um, <laughs> uh, yes, we, uh, we hope that you have a very speedy recovery. Yes, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much again for joining us for my first show. This is Sunset Radio's first show. It's also Adventures of the Sailor Girl's first show, and I'm so thankful that all of the guests have been able to join us today. Up next, we're going to have a quick uh, listen to an interview that I did with AJ Rao a few weeks ago. Uh, after I did this interview, I've actually somehow managed to become the UNSW uh, Advanced Squad teams racing coach. I, I don't know how that happened, but I'm loving every minute of it and that's one of my adventures at present. So I, I actually had a coaching session with them earlier today. But university sport is something that's uh, quite important for sailing, I think, because it bridges the gap between that age that I was talking about with Tate uh, from about 18 where people decide whether to stick with the sport or not. So I thought we'd catch up with AJ because he's really been such a force in university sport and um, I think everyone wants to live vicariously. He seems to just go from university to university and sail everywhere. So what more would you want? And a big shout out to all of the UNSW sailors who are listening. Uh, this is AJ. You're here with Sunset Radio. This is Nick Douglas and I've managed to catch up with AJ. Now AJ, you've been quite a facilitator in university sailing here in Australia and you're now, what, what have we classed you as? I think we decided something on the founder of the UNSW Sailing Club but you're now in charge of racing, is that correct? Yeah. That is correct. Excellent. Now, you've recently been back in India, but you're back in Australia, and everyone's very happy that you're back, because one of the first events that was on the scene was on this past weekend. Yeah, it was the Canberra uh, State Championships, the team racing championships. For universities, or? No, it was an open event, but four universities decided to take part, and we just made it a unique university event. So you just took over? <laughs> we took over. <laughs> it was great fun. Um, in fact, it was so much fun that we're going back again next and month. You're going back again next month yeah. for what? Um, it's called the 2014 Australian University Boat Racing Championship. Boat Racing Championship. And I have to put in this club, it's the best university fleet racing together in the galaxy. In the galaxy? Yes. Wow, that's a bit of a call. And what, what makes this event so special? Well, it's not only going to be sailing. There's going to be a lot of drinking involved for the people who drink. And drinking of what? Of the alcohol <laughs> variety. Excellent. Um, and we might also include a few obstacles, like before you finish the race, you might have to finish a drink. Oh, okay. So it's not it's not going to be as easy as you know going around the course and finish across the finish line. Okay. We'll actually give you a drink. And you'll have to finish it and then... Have you ever heard of the pub-to-pub -pub ski race, just out of interest? No. There's a ski race that they hold in the Australian Alps. Sounds very similar. A lot of university people take part. Where you have to go from pub to pub. It's a race. Yeah. Significant prizes. Yeah. But you have to scull a beer at each pub before you continue on the racetrack. No, but this is... So, there's more. There's right? more? So, yeah, there's okay. more. There's more. Like there's so, more. there's... <laughs> Another official event in this event as well. It's Another called, official It's event. called the 2014 Australian University Boat Racing boat Championship. Boat Racing Championship. Right. So, what does um, this entail, AJ? Please come This in. entails every university 
um, basically drinking against each other. Oh, okay. So, so how, many, they, how many team members? They're still deliberating the rules. It's probably three okay. for university. Excellent. And there are different categories. You know, ah. There'll be an international student category. There'll be an Australian category. There'll be girls. There'll be boys. Okay. And it's going to be a very, very serious event. A very, and, very and, serious and, event. Yeah. And okay. basically the winner would be the national champion. In um, both the university boat race. Yeah, in Aust all over Australia. Yeah, and when is this going to take place, AJ? This is going to this is going to take place after the racing, the first day of okay. racing. And when's the racing? What um, weekend are we talking about? Third and fourth of May. There we go. Yeah. Okay, so the third and fourth of May, yeah. we've got the university national boat racing championship. Yeah. And it's going to be the best event in the galaxy. Yes. Okay. Wait, there's more. Oh, wait, there's more. Okay. <laughs> there's also going to be stand-up paddleboarding. Oh. All right. Which is great fun. So it's it's basically going to be one race. So there'll be <laughs> another notice of race for that as well. Okay. And that will also involve some drinking of some sort. Okay. So and, this. And where are we going for this intergalactic? Magnifico event. It's basically going to be an event run by students for students. Um, and where think, are we heading? We are heading for the best domestic university championship in the galaxy. And I think we're going to head to Canberra as well. Yeah, yeah, Canberra. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, you know. I'm, 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 so, I'm so worked up. I'm reading his yeah. lip. He's just trying to get through. You've got a director and everything, yeah, yeah, AJ, yeah, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah, that's yeah. why you're a sailor. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Now, you've, you've done a bit of um, serious racing in the past, AJ. I met you when you were on the Olympic circuit with, with your laser campaigning. Yeah. What's happening in your personal sailing um, this year? Well, I broke my ankle last year. Yeah. So, I was literally in bed for about six months. So, I'm taking my time. No, just for those people who are tuned in who may not be athletes, six months in bed is not a good thing. Continue. No. So, uh... <laughs> I even went running today from Kuji to Bondi and I struggled. Oh, yeah. So I realized it's going to take a while. Yeah. But there are intentions of coming back at least in a year's time. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember if you remember 2009 when I was doing the match racing and I yeah. broke my ankle in three places. It took yeah, yeah, me about yeah. six to nine months to come back. But you'll yeah. get there. No yeah. Um, hopefully it'll be the fin on the laser. Yeah. And I'm hoping to use university sailing as... Um, an intermediate tree between and a leverage um, point maybe. Yeah, there's lots of events coming up. There's a match racing event in Queensland. Mm -hmm. um, there are the teams racing nationals in Melbourne. Um, there are the university games in Sydney, and yeah, there's heaps of stuff going on. It's it's brilliant. It's brilliant yeah. to be a university student. Why not? A, a, a sailor, not a student, <laughs> but yeah, a university <laughs> sailor. Yeah. An athlete at a university. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, that sounds really good, AJ. So. The fin, the fin or the laser? You haven't really competed in a fin yet. Uh, I took part in the nationals mm -hmm. in Cronulla um, last last year. Last year, yeah. And that was that was good. I sailed uh, Anthony Noyster's old uh, Sydney boat. Okay. And finished about 14. That's not too bad. So it was basically I've done two competitions. So I've never trained in the fin, <laughs> but I just went, just just, just went in there. Yeah, and it's a really really nice boat, and I yeah. just hope. And a little bit more complicated than the laser. Yeah, but it's almost the same thing. Yeah, it's it's a lot more interesting than the laser because you can actually play around with yeah. all the control lines and. You have to duck a little bit lower, but. Yeah, I just hope <laughs> I'll be able to afford it by the time I finish uni, maybe. 
<laughs> well, you just stay in uni and look for good sponsors. Yeah. Anybody who's listening. <laughs> yeah, sponsor me. <laughs> Always looking for money. So, yeah. Okay, so we've just had the Canberra event. You're looking forward to getting back in the fin once you've finished off your rehab. You're, we're, we're making sure that everybody who goes to university is going to get together a team to come to the Australian Boat Race Championships yes. on the 3rd and 4th of May in Canberra. The best event in the galaxy. The best event in the galaxy, <laughs> and it's in Canberra. And it's in Canberra. And for anybody who might be at UNSW, they've got to get in touch with you too. Yes, we are always looking for sailors. Um, for the first time in five years, we've actually got proper boats. So mm. we just bought K470. Oh, wow. Which awesome. is pretty awesome for a university. I know those boats a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. Just eh? a little bit. <laughs> and um, we're planning to get a Hobie Cat. Oh, awesome. Um, and we're planning to get a laser as well. Cool. And, you know, there's just a lot of possibilities. Um, I think the Royal Prince Alfred Yacht Club is looking to get rid of their Force 24s. And if the university likes the proposal, they might even buy that. So we're always, yeah. we have big ambitions, but yeah. at the same time, this is university. So we, we try to do the best what we can with... I guess it's really have. hard because with other sailing clubs you build everything up and then yeah. you're creating something that's established and yeah. potentially going to be involved with for a long time but when you're at university I mean it's, it's transient, you've got well, things coming and going. At university we try to make it as accessible to anyone yeah. so you know while you might not have your mainstream sailors come in because mm -hmm. they have their own boats and clubs. Mm -hmm. But, for example, me coming from India, when I came, I just wanted to feel part of the community. Yeah. And there are lots of international students. And then there are lots of Australian students that are not that serious in their sailing, but they still want to keep in touch. And they want to be part of the boat race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and part of my strategy is trying to club boat, to try and get the mainstream sailors involved. Yeah. And the people... So might even just levels. university might be their starting point as well. Yeah. So um, well, it's a great sport because you can have so many different levels. Yeah. Maybe you have the social level. Maybe you have the next level of yeah. these competitive sailors. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, no, it's great. It's probably, there's a lot of potential, and I think Australia needs to pay more attention. For sure. Well, I think you've done a great job in lifting the, the spirit of the sport, at least at, at a university level, because you didn't really have anything at university level when I was going through, showing my age. No, I'll, I'll do my best. At, this is hopefully my last year at university as well, so I've told everyone I've that, that I'm before. there. <laughs> 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 um, but I'm just hoping to enjoy, like, to participate in events, and if a, if an opportunity comes to organize the greatest event in the galaxy, then I'm there. It's the 3rd and 4th of May, so I've heard. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hopefully we'll see you there. I'll have to see if I can pop down there and bring you some more news. Thanks for catching up with Sunset Radio. This was AJ and uh, everything to do with UNSW sailing. Wow. <laughs> That's it. First show done. I can't believe it. I did um, have to have a few swigs of port to get me through it. <laughs> a little bit nerve-wracking, but... Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much to all of the, of the adventurers who joined with me and I hope that you got to have a little bit of an insight into some fantastic people that we have involved in this sport and I know that we all want to be living vicariously through uh, people like Shane who gets to go out on ocean races and, and Nina who's over there experiencing uh, the utmost of our sport in terms of the Olympics and sailing with Darren Bondock who's involved with Team Oracle and the America's Cup and a big thanks also to Tate uh, for getting in touch with me and telling me about what's happening at home and a big shout out to Simon. I hope you feel better soon even though you've got that broken fibula which is uh, I guess part of the part of what happens when you're an adventurer and you're out there trying to take the world on uh, by the horns and, and a big thanks to uh, 
AJ Rao and, and a big shout out to all of the people who are listening that are involved with University Sailing. Also, big thanks to everybody who helped me get here this evening. Uh, Peter Davies at Store DJ was a big help in helping me get all of my technology organised. And um, hopefully I'll be able to catch you next week. I won't be on Sunday at 6pm because it is Easter, but I'll hopefully be bringing you all of the news uh, from the Easter weekend because I know that everybody has a lot of championships that they're, they're heading out for. So good luck to anybody who is racing over Easter. You can catch me uh, back here at sunsetradio.co at 6pm on Easter Monday instead. So I'll, I'll move it to that Easter Monday because hopefully everybody's home from their long weekends away. If you need more during the week, you can catch me on Facebook, Adventures of a Sailor Girl. You're listening to Sunset Radio, the Sailor's Radio Station.